Hey everyone, as promised, uh, we're actually going to do a little extension to this episode. Uh, Marcus, unfortunately, his schedule is opposite of ours. He's 12 hours ahead of me. So we had to work on scheduling for a different day. And he's here now to go off and do his rant, find out what chaps his plastic, and see what his first world problems are. So Marcus, uh, in our conversations, you had two things that you wanted to talk about. One was the hype chase. And the other one mm-hmm. was the recent drama within the community. I'm gonna yeah. give the, I'm gonna give the floor to you and let you drive the conversation. Which one would you like to talk about first? Um, I'm gonna start with the uh, drama first, just to get the uh, ugly things out of out of the way. <laughs> so, um, in regards to the drama, I I'm not gonna get into the specifics about what went on or who's involved. I'm just gonna rant a little bit about um, what a reseller should do and not do. Okay. So first, um, so first off, I think we can all agree that for many of us collectors, um, we relied heavily on these resellers in the market right now, since um, majority of the brands are based in China or in Asia. Okay. So um, for people um, outside of Asia there's really no easy access to them all. You also must factor in language barriers, time zone differences, and their access to IG for obvious reasons. We all need resellers to help us out to get what we want. However, um, you know, recently I've seen numerous, numerous of times that people complain about the lack of communication from the resellers or poor customer services, and even stopping people with lame excuses and lies. I mean, I've been in these situations before. I, I, I bet you the, uh, the frustration will magnify for those who aren't as connected as seasoned collectors. And you see these kinds of things happen more frequently because um, We've all noticed that for the past year, the, the number of custom collectors have grown expen- exponentially, right? What's sad about all this is that um, some of them still hasn't taken matters seriously to make improvements and they always take the collectors for granted. Which well, Just real quick to interject, not only has the number of collectors increased, but so has the number of figs being released and the number of brands. Yeah. Which just further adds to the chaos. Yeah. And I'll touch on that a little bit later. So um, with all these happening, and I think um, what I meant about what I said about they're not taking uh, matters seriously, for one, some collectors will not speak the truth or call people out due to the fear of losing asses. So they will stay loyal and not jeopardize not to jeopardize their their connection or relationship whatever they have with the resellers which which is understandable because i think for a lot of us we work very hard for these um these connections that we have on on, on the flip side these kind of tolerance will lead to 
resellers, you know, they're taking a backseat and they're not doing anything because they know we're, we're, we're not going to complain. We're still going to buy from them. So it does not sit well with me. Um, no, I get it. I get it. And so mm -hmm. as a seasoned collector that's built my network, we get a chance to peek behind the curtain, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, and we do see a lot of the interbrand drama, inter-reseller drama. And yeah, we don't speak about it out loud because you're right. Ultimately, we're still collectors too, and we want to be, have access to our figs. But what's annoying is when you get frustrated, again, as a seasoned collector, usually we have a back channel or a method to get in touch with those resellers and take it privately one-on-one -on -one as best we can. But that is the exception, not the rule. And so, yes, there are a lot of collectors that they, they watch Instagram and they wait for the announcements, then they wait for it to load on a website, and then they buy. And they have no idea what's going on. They just want to make this, they want it to be a quick, clean, user-friendly experience. And when something goes wrong, they're shouting into the abyss because they feel like they're not being heard. And, I'll, and I know this is true because my DMs blow up. And they start asking me questions. And even if I know the answers, I can't say anything mm -hmm. because I don't want them sharing knowledge that doesn't isn't meant to be shared because mm -hmm. that's going to blow back on me, right? So all yeah. I can do is provide yeah. reassurances. And I, what I do is I try to turn it into a uh, learning moment. Mm -hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't lie. By no means mm -hmm. do I lie um, or, or jerk people around. But I'll just be like, well, I've heard this. Um, I've talked to them myself, or you're not the only one facing this problem. They've made it, they made it known on their internal channels that they're addressing this problem. I mean, that's all I can do, right? Cause you don't want to speak on their behalf for them without their mm -hmm. permission. You know, I know I've offered to multiple resellers, you know, in a past life, I worked on communications teams and mm -hmm. so messaging and user experience is very important to me. I've offered saying, Hey, look, do you want some help drafting this message either because like they don't have time because they're so busy trying to get things in order or their English, uh, they worry about their English being coming across correctly. You know, it's like, do you want me to help you get the message across clearly? I'll write something up and you proofread it and tell me if you like it. And if not, you know, we'll change it. And every time they all say, that's a great idea. More often than not, but, nothing happens. Yeah. yeah. That's the weird thing for me. Just people that have been collecting like every other collector for the last two years or so, or even a year, mm -hmm. they're all chiming in too, saying, you know, you, the newer collectors coming in from like the purist community or crossing over due to star Wars, they're all upset because they're used to buying products that are ready to ship immediately. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand the process as it is. And we're all sitting here. Well, you know, you understand how customs work it takes time. These are custom molds and quality mm -hmm. control and the packaging, the designs and, you know, COVID caused a lot of delays. Dude, the COVID excuse is only going to work for so long. You know, I don't know what's going on with the factories in China. They could have had a, a mass quitting or a fire or something. I don't know yeah. that. But you mm -hmm. know what would be cool? If the brands or the resellers, I should say the resellers, would let us know if there's a hang up. Like, it's okay to have bad news. I think that's the stigma. There, There's this, I'm not, it's not ego. I don't feel it's ego. I just feel it's the ultimate. I know you're laughing at me about that one. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you reply. But <laughs> I think <laughs> I think a lot of it is just the fear of looking bad. 
and not understanding that even bad news is still news. That's better than silence. All right. I, I'm, I mean, as much as I like to rag on those who do bullshit, I'll also give credit where credit is due. Like LCM in the last week has started putting out Instagram posts that are simply about inventory that's arrived. It doesn't have to be a big thing. They're just they're just putting out a, a screenshot like, hey, here are all the things that have arrived and we're, we're working to get things going. Uh, but we're only one person right now, which I'll get into that in a second. Um, mm. But but they're trying, right? Mm-hmm. So I give them props for that. And the buyers shouldn't have to go to the brands to find out whether a reseller has received or when they will receive something. Yes. Um, let me get to my second point. Yeah. Let, let the brands focus on making shit. Yeah, yeah. So um, this, my second point is there are some people that will shift the blame to the brands and simply outright lie to cover up their mishaps. It irritates me. And sometimes due to lack of direct access to the brands, as um, collectors ourselves, we are, our hands are tied and we, we, we cannot do anything about it. So to be honest, I think for people that have direct access to the, um, the brands, it's easier to, to know what's, what's going on behind the scenes. But I mean, for people starting out, you know, coming into the costume, costume community, they don't have those kinds of things right mm-hmm. they don't know what's going on the only information they can gather is through resellers and if the resellers is not telling the truth they're hiding something then it's gonna cause a lot of unnecessary drama and a lot of people dropping out for for silly reasons and i don't know i i don't like it Right. Um, that said, like we touch on, um, I think there's a few resellers that are honest and decent people doing great work to build a community, their own circle, and they're more than willing to help collectors. Um, I'm not gonna name name names, but you know. Yeah, no, we're not naming names. But for those waiting for that that mic drop, we're not naming names because, as we said earlier, we don't want to risk pissing people off. <laughs> um, and, 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 and no, I, I was, I was, I had some trepidation about doing this episode and bringing the subject up. You know, we had a discussion <laughs> before we started recording. We're try- I, I promised this, uh, this podcast would be truthful and honest mm-hmm. uh, uh, as best we can. But I also wanted to be a safe, neutral ground where, you know, if you, if someone's offended, it's not because I said it, it's because you feel guilty about something. Yeah. And no favoritism, right? No, um, we're all. not here to try to push people to a certain brand or a certain resellers. No, we're not doing that. Yeah. Just let people vote with their wallet. That's not my business. So, um, as a collector myself, I look for these qualities in a resellers. Number one is transparency, like we touch on. Um, like you said, there's nothing wrong with providing, you know, bad news, as long as you're honest and you, you keep people updated and I think you're good because sometimes we all understand um, that there are certain certain things that are out of your control. It's not your re- responsibility to carry for the brand on their mishaps. So as long as you're providing the right information, no lies, and I think the majority of us are, are considerate and we're well understand. And the second thing is non-bias. 
I think this I've seen this a lot of times when you know some you know collectors just started out and they'll be like no so and so just don't won't reply my、um, my DMs but he'll reply yours and I was like what the hell this is not the way you do business right you're supposed to、um, if there's a opportunity you should engage everyone. Every customer is important.、Mm, yes, because the, you you don't know whether this person will potentially be a big buyer down the road. You just don't know. And even though even if he just you know buys casually, good services goes a long way, right? Right. Will spread the word. Right, because、uh, recommendations is pretty much how this community survives. You know, yeah, not just in selling from buying from resellers, but also、uh, buying from each other. I mean, yes, you always get DMs all the time. Hey, especially now that I'm running the GX, I always get DMs. Hey, this guy wants to sell me this, or is this guy sus, or is he cool? And I'm like, ah,、oh, no, he's good. Or oh, I've had one issue with him, but it all got worked out in the end.、Mm-hmm. You know, and and、mm-hmm. so so yeah, one good deed goes, you know, can come back tenfold. Yes,、uh, and just treating people well.、Um, I, I don't want to deviate too far, but I wanted、mm. to jump in on something you said about newer customers going to brands with questions,、mm-hmm. and the brands having to defend themselves、mm-hmm. or give give insight that resellers should do. This is a side rant. I can wrap it up very quickly. But one、mm-hmm. of the things that、uh, that really annoys me, and I'm seeing it. A little bit more as as this is only going to increase because we have more collectors and like you know, but brands try really hard, like you said, to build their own communities, and in doing that, they tend to trust certain collectors with information. There are collectors coming around, newer. I'm saying newer ones, that and this is only I'll, I'll blame this on inexperience. I'm not going to say this through any sort of malicious intent. But I feel they get caught up in the "I know something you don't know" mentality, and that's or they want to be the one amongst their friends to to, you know, reveal breaking news. And the things that brands are entrusting with you with in confidence, whether it be a a, a roadmap of what figs coming out, or a rent 3D render, or or a, a production photo, if they trust you with that. You're not supposed to share it to your friends. You're not supposed to post it on a Discord. You're not supposed to share it to your story. They sent that to you unless you ask them. Hey, is it cool if I share this? That that's just the courtesy thing to do, because there have been a few times where brands had were really excited about an anniversary project, or a、uh, you know a special figure that they wanted to like shock everybody with, saying because no one's done it before, and their and their surprise got spoiled because of. One eager or excited collector that's like, "Hey, check this out," and posts it on a public forum or shares it with somebody that doesn't have the self control that they may have had. So that's just a rant of mine because these brands are trying really hard to do good things, and the last thing they need to worry about is looking over their shoulder and who to trust. Because eventually, you know what's going to happen? They're going to lock themselves down even further, and then no one's ever going to know what's going on. How should I put this? Understand who you're sharing things with, and clear expectation management is important. 
if a brand tells you a quote unquote secret or share something that you shouldn't, that has not been revealed yet, explicitly you should ask them, is it cool if I share this? Is it cool if I tell my friend? And that's just, that's just courtesy. I would like to assume that brands don't make any decisions without understanding the risks that come with sharing an, an item. Uh, and they're, they're willing to, but again, I think, was it, uh, was it Crosscheck that got, um, whose anniversary project got spoiled a little bit? I think it was Kilmer, Val Kilmer's um, Batman got leaked. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then yeah, also, I, oh, sorry. And then also these brands, sometimes, you know, they want to keep their designs under close hold because they don't want another brand to release at the same time or earlier. Yeah. You know, they, all, they, don't, they, don't, they don't communicate in that, on that spectrum. It's not some, you know, tech company that even though if I release a small portion of the, my design nah, and the other company can instantly copy, right? It's not <laughs> like that. Yeah. So when a brand trusts you with the uh, information like that, um, normally I would just keep it to myself or to someone that I can trust that he won't leak. And there's only one or two people that I would do that to. Same. But um, but most of the time, I just keep it to myself and not say anything. Well, at least in our circle, um, people are very active uh, community, so they they tend to have, you know, firsthand news, right? It's, it's a good way to gauge the the pulse of the community and, yeah, and yeah, feedback yeah. on future ideas or current ideas. You know, there's been a few figs that have been willed into existence because of the community. Mm -hmm. We mentioned uh, Diamond Customs Squirrel Girl. That was the sket project, and we all rallied behind it. And that's pretty much why that got made. Um, so I think another thing for resellers um, is that you guys need to respond in a reason reasonable time frame. I mean, sometimes I hear people, I DM this guy one month ago, and he never replied. Come on, man. You can do much better than that, right? You you just you all you need to do is just take a day out and then give yourself a two hour just to reply all the DMs and you're solid. You know, people just need information. So one bit of backstory, and this uh -huh. is not me. I'm not again, like I said earlier in this episode to the, the other guys, I'm not here to invalidate feelings, but I do also mm -hmm. want to always provide an alternate perspective when possible. A lot of the folks in the audience may not realize that. For a lot of these resellers, this is not their main line of work. This is mm -hmm. a side business or a side gig. They have their other full-time job or career, and then of course family life that they're dealing with. Now, not making excuses, that's fine and dandy, but you accept the responsibility of being a reseller, so you should find a way to allocate and make time for that. Whether it's blocking something off on the calendar or hiring additional staff or have a you know, partnering up with someone to help you, I think mm -hmm. that would go a long way. I didn't want it to be forgotten that a lot of some of these resellers, this is not their primary uh, business. And, and I understand that they're probably getting hundreds of DMs, right? Because they're selling to so many people, both over, you know, both in overseas and China and in America. And of course, mm -hmm. Europe. like you said, yeah, there might be a time where you should take a, like a, a day just to just go down, just knock them all out. Yeah, that's what I would do, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, there, there are some folks that are just, they're doing a, this, these resellers, they're doing it all by themselves. 
which is, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. That's gotta be a lot of pressure. For those who already has all those things, congrats. But that doesn't mean <laughs> you can just, you know, <laughs> take some slack. No. Right. No, you got to keep it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because there are some resellers that this is their primary business. They run like physical stores. They actually mm -hmm. run like official custom slash Lego stores. You know, if they screw up, they're out of business. They're out of livelihood. Having that inherent risk uh, failing as a, as a reseller is what keeps them going because they have a lot more to lose. Yeah. So a quick story that I'm going to share. Um, for the majority of my collecting journey, I've been going to this one resellers all the time. And then one day I got a DM uh, from the store manager stated that um, she overselled one of my orders and asking me that if it's okay, that I, I can give this item up to someone else because that person ordered it before me. So for me, because I have a long-term relationship with this reseller and they've been treating me well. And of course, buying all those years, you have some perks as a regular, but um, like I said, if there's anything wrong, just be honest and tell me. And what happened was I just said, okay, go ahead. Just give the order to the, the person that ordered before me. Cause let's, let's be honest. It's not something that is gonna, you know, trouble me for a month or so, probably a few minutes, right? right? So it's not that big of a deal just to telling people bad news, but you do have to be honest. And I get more pissed off if you lie to me. And if I found out that you lied to me, then I'm just gonna drop you. Yeah. This is how I roll. It's, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned the lying part only because I think the worst assumption that anyone in this community can make, whether you're a brand owner, a reseller, or a collector, the biggest mistake you can make is assume that people don't talk to each other. And too often I've seen all three of those categories of people, collector, brand owner, reseller, lie to me when I can easily go to the other people involved in that situation and, and in a way that isn't a he said, she said, you know, moment. Like they'll just send me like, no, that's not what happened. Here are the screenshots. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it baffles me that people would assume, I hate when people assume I'm stupid. <laughs> Don't insult my intelligence. Yeah. Don't tell me like, oh, well, I haven't gotten this yet because, uh, you know, they, they, they haven't shipped it yet. And then I can go over, mm -hmm. well, well, they send me the screenshot of your conversation saying you haven't paid them yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's just yeah. hilarious that, again, this is the internet. <laughs> We're connected. And so if you bring me into drama, mm -hmm. I'm going to fact check you and I'm going to go find out the truth. It's not going to be very difficult. And it all comes out in the open and it benefits ultimately nobody. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's not like two years ago um, or two or three years ago where, whereas, um, People don't talk as much. I mean, it's really changed a lot in the last few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because back in the day, you have even even people like us don't have access to the brain owners. A lot of new brands that are on Instagram, it's easier just right. to you know send them a DM ask, asking things. Um, what's the progression of su such and such? Right? It's much much more easier. 
do you think I would have gotten an interview with Jocka Brick or any other brand two years ago? Hell no. Absolutely no belief that I would be able to interview brands for a podcast a few years ago. And now we've got Jocka, PCB, Mini Bigs, Citizen Brick, uh, FSB. Um, I mean, I've, I've got so many brands now lined up that I'm going to talk to, and they're all willing to do it. You know, so yeah, it's it's great. I love how it's all turning out. I, I totally agree, right? Um, it's very much different now, so people really talk, and it's a tight community. So I don't like if I hear somebody bad mouthing me, I'm gonna find out who, and I'm gonna find out why, and I'm gonna respond. Right? This is how it is. Yeah. Well, what's <laughs> even funnier is I've blocked. I have people on my block list on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I've barely ever interacted with. I just saw mm -hmm. how I treated other people that I'm close to. Oh. I don't even give them a chance to, to bring the noise to me. But I'm just like, you're treating my friends like shit and you're proving to be a piece of shit. So <laughs> why, I, why do I want, I, I don't want to interact with you. You're a garbage person and you can have a bad day. We all have bad days. You know, twice can be a coincidence, but after multiple reoccurrences, nah, man, you're, you're trash and I don't need you in my life. Shout out to uh, Clicks Bricks, um, who will be on a future episode regarding the ethics of buying and selling. You know, we just did a deal last night. And Marcus, you, you remember when we first met James, it was not a good day. Oh, yeah. We were, we were he did. going off on each other on Facebook and scared, <laughs> almost kicked us out of the Facebook group. Yeah. So it, was, it was getting ugly. Now, I, I would say James is one of my best friends on this platform. You know, <laughs> just, we, just, we were both just having bad days. So just for an example, I have a high tolerance. It's not mm -hmm. like, you know, one and done. But mm -hmm. if you get on my block list, you must have really fucked up. Yeah, because um, here's here's the thing with me. When I saw that, when you both were, you know, throwing throwing things at each other, I was like, no, you're not going to talk. You're not going to gonna talk shit to my friend. I'm going to jump in. <laughs> yeah, he called you a white knight. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was funny. Good times. Yeah. But uh, shout out, James. We love you. And uh, mm. I really can't wait to get you on the episode because he has fantastic insight on the buying and selling. And uh, mm -hmm. he's, he's a solid dude. So, all right, man. So you, I think we've gone over drama within the community or the resellers. Did you, did you get everything off your chest? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's not I'm really not... fair. You've had more time to prepare than, than Terry and Zach and Nick and Phil. I didn't really so. think this was going to go this long, to be honest with you. <laughs> but it, it's it's brought out some good stuff, you know. Yeah, you know, considering mm -hmm. it's not scripted this time. Um, okay, so the last, the last, uh, or second thing that you brought up, or first, I can't remember at this point, the hype chase. Can you mm -hmm. clarify what you mean by that? Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, we have our fair share of chasing the hype is pretty common and normal in our community but i'm starting to feel it's not healthy long-term wise because you know you see a group of brands just instantly jump on to the same genre at the same time and mass produces so much fakes in a in a short time frame <sighs> i don't know I just don't like the uh, the idea of it. Well, so you haven't heard the um, the final edit of the earlier part of this episode. 
Mm-hmm. But this came up a little bit. And one thing that I brought up, brands don't develop figs with your collection in mind. They're not saying, oh, I hope this uh, Django Fett I'm making looks good next to your PCB boba. They're creating their own universes of figs because they love the characters themselves. And mm-hmm. would just like to you know take that challenge of saying, can I design that? I've talked to a lot of brands um, offline. I've talked to, uh, you know, Engineero, Engineerio, Paul, mm-hmm. uh, Jaka, and uh, of course we've talked. We've had extensive interviews with Adam, with PCB, mm-hmm. and they all. You listen when you when you start talking to them about why they choose the figs they choose. They get very excited because either the character is close to them, or because they see this unique design challenge. So mm-hmm. it's not always about chasing the hype per se. They are hyped up themselves about it and they want mm-hmm. to add it to their portfolio of their figs. We're the ones that are crossing over buying from this brand, this brand, this brand, this brand, this brand, yeah. or whatever. We're, we're, we're self-perpetuating this hype train. I agree it's exhausting. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I see it both. I, remember, remember, as someone who's sitting here staring at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, over 700 goddamn <laughs> Spider-Man figs over here. And one one case is dedicated to Tom Holland figs alone. Uh, and one holds all Toby and Garfield. As someone who's been dealing with this for a while, I see the exhaustion if you're someone trying to collect everything or in your brain you're like, I want to find the best version that meets my design aesthetics that I enjoy. But the reality is, you know, I think... Brands should be allowed to make what they want to make. It's probably not a popular opinion, even with my friends here on Instagram in the collector circles. I think brands, if a brand wants to make a fig, I think more power to them. Again, people vote with their wallet. And if it sells, it sells uh, because you made a great fig or because you made the effort to develop a solid fan base that enjoys your work. And if it doesn't sell, it's maybe because you did a terrible design or or quality control, or long production times in the past, or whatever, you've lost the trust of those collectors. I mean, every brand should be allowed to make anything. And as much as I would much rather see diversity, like, do we need another Wanda fig? You know, come on, guys, we got plenty to choose from. I think that's just me focusing on my own little worldview. The brands aren't there to build your collection. The brands are there to build their library. Does that make sense? Okay. So, um, Totally agree on, on what you said. I think I've seen enough to know that when a brand tackles a character or a genre, there's always various of reasons behind it, and I get it. But what I'm trying to say is, is that I think brands should have their own identity to an extent. They can do whatever they want but at least they need to have a certain identity on what they're trying to build. For instance, uh, for Lin, see? What I applaud Lin is that he makes small batches, right? And he makes, uh, the the majority of his productions are in, you know, comic themes. So he has an identity because whenever people see his brands, his brand name on a reseller's website, they, they instantly know he makes comic stuff. And it's more uh, catered towards Lego style. And he has a certain identity for people to recognize. But for some, 
not to name names, they just jumping all around. They should just stick to one, you know. I I don't know. I just you think, mean their design aesthetic changes? No, I mean they're they're jumping from genre to genre and they don't finish anything because for instance, if you're coming out with a series and there's six figures that you want to make in a particular movie, just finish them all. Don't jump. Okay, I'll finish this, um, the first one in the series, and then I'll jump to another genre, and I'll jump into another genre, and then I'll jump back. Why is that? Um, I would say, I think at that point, probably it's a business decision because other things get like you said, <laughs> okay, I see where this is going. Now I'm, I'm you're, you're proving <laughs> me wrong here. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> no, see? no, 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 you're right. The hype, the hype comes in and um, they just shift gears a little bit. Yeah. Um, but okay. Again, this is me playing devil's advocate. It could be that the next character in that series is in development. We mm -hmm. just don't know. Like maybe yes. it's got complicated parts, you know, and uh, yeah. so that one's still going. And then, while that's going, mm -hmm. they've they've moved on to another fig of another series. So, like, I'll give you an example, and uh, this is not me throwing them under the bus. So, Jaka's got their Justice League series they're doing, right? And they've got the Age of Ultron series they're doing. And they've just announced Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Guardians, they've made very clear, they're just they were just emotionally invested in that movie. They loved it so much. They were always on the kind of on the line. They weren't sure, but they said, you know what? This movie was fantastic. We got to make it happen. And so they're, they're full steam ahead on that, which is mm -hmm. awesome because damn it, we need good Guardians of the Galaxy figs. But this Justice League may seem like it's stalled, but Wonder Woman's almost done. And that one had a lot of complicated parts that were very detailed, printing and the shield and the sword and that special molded hair with the tiara and stuff. So... I can understand if they're making one fig from one series and while that's at a certain phase of production, they move on to tackling the next phase of another series. I can see how their priorities may shift as frequently as weekly or even daily based on available materials at the factory, whatever the factory says for their skills available for the schedule, the designers that are available at that time. Like uh, with, uh, look what happened with, um, with Adam, Phoenix mm -hmm. Customs with, uh, the Mark 50, right? I mean, they were doing yeah. a brand new type of paint. And so the delay wasn't because he was pushing it off for other things. It was just he was working on other things while they figured out how to get that paint just right. Once they did, it applied itself to the Iron Spider fig, which is arguably the greatest, you know, <laughs> Iron Spider fig ever made. And then mm -hmm. uh, the Green Goblin he put out. I mean, so now they've got that process worked out. So, again, this is not me trying to play both sides for every argument, uh, as much as it might sound like. I just like opening up minds to thinking about alternative contexts that may drive decisions. I guess I'm trying to say is that I think if I do own a brand, okay, if I am a brand owner, I probably would chase the hype just like everybody else, but I would put more emphasis on what I want a lot more rather than catering to what is really trending, you know, so right. to speak. I think there's a little hype chasing in there, but you know, it also, they could be also working on things they also love to. I mean, yes. Brands yes. have a right. 
the brand's owners are fans as well, and some of them are still also collectors themselves. At it's the like, end of the day, like um, I'm not gonna get worked up about it because I, I still buy. Well, I know for a fact, just based on conversations and their past history and the things they've pulled off, I know Abnormal and Crosscheck love the Batman franchise. Uh -huh. I know they love Battison, so I'm mm. not surprised. I know mm. Adam loved Battison, so, so I mean, and Life Brick, you know, I remember when the movie came out, everybody loved that damn movie so much. <laughs> you, you can't tell a brand. Yeah, I know you yeah. like this character, but they're making it already, so could you please not? Fuck, I'm guilty of it, right? <laughs> like I bite, I bought eight of them. <laughs> That's your okay. no way home moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not as you know, as bad as how you get it, but <laughs> but you know, I uh, I have my moments. <laughs> Do you think the Star Wars trend started with Bagel? Um. So, do I think the Star Wars started with Bagel? Uh, I mean, because Bagel used to do his own, you know, his own production, right? Small batches. Right. Right. But um, there's so many, I, uh, I'm speaking out of ignorance here, but there's so many UV and decal focused yeah. brands um, that focus on like troopers and shit. Yeah. And then, but, the, but, then the classic Star Wars folks. Mm -hmm. um, but those are. You're, you're, you're talking about like fix around 30 to maximum $45 a fig. Okay. But now you're seeing Bagels collaborating with LCM doing premium Star Wars. Um, I've gone on this about this before, and I think the idea of LCM teaming up with Bagels to bring an artist's drawings to a physical product is a phenomenal idea and they did it with figs to art i think with miss marvel and a few others so the idea of having this outreach of saying you know what there's some great designers out there because these people have a following already uh they're popular with with people let's let's put some money behind it and make them real i think that's great mm -hmm. as far as star wars goes i do not blame the brand makers or designers for how that's going. Um, because I recall um, a while back, there was an issue in the Lego community with uh, speculators artificially inflating, you know, prices on certain items, buying up stock, then putting out messaging mm -hmm. about how this is going to be worth something someday that everyone goes, tries to buy it. It's already oh. rare because they had bought Ooh. it all. And then they're, then they start selling it at a higher price. Huge like, all drama. These, these Lego influencers or whatever. I feel like, unfortunately, as more YouTubers are are catching on to customs, Star Wars only made that bridge divide smaller. And that mentality of collect to invest rather than to collect to enjoy, I think, mm -hmm. carried over with them. And it started taking over the custom Star Wars market. A um, little bit. Just a little no, bit. No, I'm not sure. <laughs> however, however... Mm -hmm like LCM and Bagels started doing open pre-orders. So, I mean, there's still limited time to order, but it's mm -hmm. not like they're going to sell out in a day. Yeah, you know? more quantity so, for more people. Which, exactly, which I think is the, is the best move. It works with, with, um, with PCB, uh, mm -hmm. and I think it works well here. So mm -hmm. now you're going to run into the situation that Citizen Brick is in right now, where 
they're doing a higher production, right? Pieces that would normally have sold out in an hour are now available a week or two weeks later on the site. However, there are still people trying to sell these things at the prices as if they were still scarce. So at that point, it just becomes buyer beware in doing your research and ensuring that you know where to go to find what you're looking for. Like, Don't go to eBay as your first. eBay's the worst. Do you want to tell the story about your Vader that you sold? Oh, okay. So I actually um, referred to this in the in the earlier part of the episode, but I didn't want to name you specifically. But okay, I, I really feel like it's better coming from between your mouth. <laughs> so, uh, so long story short, I was you know picking some of the figs out of my collection to, for for sale because I realized I don't need them, and then I listed the the bagel Vader for about three fifty, I, I believe. And then I started to get a lot of DMs from people asking me about the Vader. The, the Vader was sold within like 20 minutes after listing. And then some of the people came to me and asked me how much um, did I sold it for? And I said 350 and they were like, God damn, that's, uh, that's a really cheap price. And then they said, uh, most of them said the price is reasonable and um, you can get like 600 or 700 in the uh, bagel discord. So I was like, Jesus. Um, I, I believe that the fig only came out like three months and then it the price already skyrocketed. It was like, you remember the uh, the PCB Endgame Thor? Right. The fat the, Thor? Yeah, yeah and that, but that peaked at like 450 and that was a one-off. Yeah, and it's hundred limited, right? Yeah, yeah, it's limited to hundred, and it peaked at four fifty as a one off, and mm -hmm. then it usually averaged around three hundred to three fifty. I was saying this early in the episode. Um, actually, I keep saying early in the episode. I think I might turn this into a part two. We'll see. But like, even Christo Fantastic Four Spidey goes for about five hundred to six hundred max if you find the right buyer. Lightbricks version coming out, the price is just going to drop, and your right buyer is going to have to be someone who's like a, a real Christo uh, fan. And now I'm sure all these other brands are going to probably wind up doing beta at some point. I wonder if the Bagel stuff will still have the same staying power. I think, I think Bagels as a brand is very powerful. I haven't met him personally. I haven't talked to him. I, I was thinking about approaching him to get him on the podcast. I, I've, everything I've heard about him is a really nice guy. And mm -hmm. he ends up with a ton of shit from impatient people and trolls and whatnot. So you got to have some kind of good heart to put up with all that crap day in and day out and still do what you do. But um, yeah, I'd love to get his perspective firsthand. I definitely don't want to speak for him. But I think the open pre-orders that they decided to do, I think that was, a, um, that was a definitely a move uh, in the direction of benefiting the collectors. So go back to your original question. I do think the crossover of Star Wars coming over, I think the floodgates were opened thanks to the LCM Bagels team up. I think in some ways they're the pioneers of making premium Star Wars minifigs because I think originally people, people from the Star Wars community, they're so used to, you know, price range around 20 to 40, right? Right. Because you have AV figures, you have CAC, you have, you know, others like Ingenierio, so I think a lot of people are used to that price range. And back in the day, um, I think it was three or four years ago when people talk about um, premium Star Wars minifigures, 
only PCB was the one who made it through with his Mendo. I mean, Adam has has the popularity to carry through, right? But nobody else was thinking about making Star Wars minifigures because they yeah, it felt like a one off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't seem sustainable to you know have a entire series of characters, right? I think it's also a smart choice that they started with Ahsoka because right then Ahsoka was just, you know, appearance in the yeah. Mando show, right? So I think that was a really smart decision to put Ahsoka first and then Vader. Oh man, good one. So I think they opened the, the, the possibility for other brands to like, you know, okay, so this pattern works. Um, we can do this and that, right? You can't blame the business to going where the market leans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, and um, is I'm saving money <laughs> <laughs> because if I were to start collecting Star Wars, I'd be like, oh, I need this, 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 every version of that, and I, I definitely um, lean towards an obsessive compulsive disorder in completionist mode. So, uh, I just I gotta keep to my rules. For honesty, I order three Mandos from. PCV. Jesus. I ordered three. <laughs> oh, so it was open pre-order, so it's not like you're stealing from somebody else. Yeah, but so what? You know. for, so are you displaying them differently, or for parts, or what? Um. So uh, I'm all on Mendo's. Okay, I bought three, right? And I have found a, a shop that make um, custom cloth capes. And then what they do is they put wires in their capes and they do minifigure size. Oh, you told me about this, right? Because like a lot of action figure um, customs, they do wire capes and they look phenomenal because you can pose them. And stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I just want to try them out. So I ordered um, two capes and their schedule is already, you know, pushed till um, July because they have so much order to fulfill. Yeah, but yours so, are going to be so tiny. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, I have to I have to wait till July, and which is good because you know the fig won't come out around August, so which the time frame you know works perfectly, and so yeah, that's what I did. I ordered so much on Mendo's. Goddamn, I I'll hate myself. A, I'll make a confession. I just said I won't buy Star Wars. I, I bought one PCB Mando. <laughs> just one just it's my own. okay yeah other than that i've got i've got two stormtroopers from when my kids collected lego mm -hmm. and i've got the um the best bin um cloud city's anniversary set mm -hmm. back in the day i do want to get the emperor throne room though i like that a lot mm -hmm. i, think I mm -hmm. like those self-contained dioramas i want to get the trench run one also you see how this happens and now i'm starting to i want this one i want this one i want this one <laughs> it's so yeah i'm um, terrible uh, I, uh, sorry to get sidetracked, but um, I just want to get this out. Cause... No, no, it's it's, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I wonder if um, that might be the next level for you in collecting, you know, is taking the customs and then customizing them further. I'm only doing this with Mando because um, I just like to have different styles of Mandos being displayed, and I am going to display them. Um, I'm still working on the shelves that I'm going to buy. Usually I keep my figs in the boxes, but um, for Mendo's, I have so many plans for them. I'm doing a second mock on the uh, season one, episode two. Hopefully, 
I can get it done before June, I, I think. Man, we went over get, a lot more than I thought we were going to go over for just the two of us. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. Hey, man, we are chatty. You know, you know, when I was coming up with the name for the podcast, Zach uh-huh. once proposed Geek Under 40 with the mm-hmm. idea that each podcast episode would be under 40 minutes. I have failed so miserably in that regard. <laughs> so I think I'm going to make this a two-parter, but this was like therapy for us, just getting it all out. Mm-hmm. The, um, the idea behind this episode was simply, I didn't want to come on this podcast and run it every, every episode with this, everything's sunshine and rainbows. And, you know, so a lot of the comments I got were, you know, during the FOMO episode, which is still my favorite episode at this point, you know, they felt it was nice to hear that veteran collectors have the same problems and struggles that I do as a new collector. So this episode was sort of an extension to that in that I want, I always want this podcast to be as relatable as possible. Yes. I want to do interviewing with industry folks and whatnot and artists. And there's a lot of plans ahead, but I want this to be, uh, mm-hmm. extension of the community as a whole and we're all facing these same struggles we all have these same complaints and i want to let you know you are heard your feelings are valid but at the same time we always have to consider there's probably more to the story than what we know and uh so before you fire off that dm before you put in that paypal claim it's always best to try and have a direct conversation honest conversation and if it doesn't go your way, you at least say, you know what? I tried to do the right thing. And if, if that doesn't work out, well, then, you know, well, fuck them. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I'm short tempered. So I well, just, you know, so I just you, keep myself from, from my anything. advice to you is open up a notes app or a Google keep file or something and type out your, your, your responses, your emails there first and catch a breath and then come back and check it in like an hour or so. Um, uh, full disclosure, um, I, I was afraid I was, I was going to go off road on, on this podcast, on this episode. So I, I literally typed out the script and I sent it to Brett beforehand. <laughs> he did, he did. <laughs> and I was like, I was yeah, like, it looks good. And then like, right before I hit record, I'm like, what are we doing, man? All right, guys. Well, Marcus, thanks for coming on and, and, and working out a schedule with us. And I'm sorry, I wish you could have joined the, the group chat, but there'll be another time, I'm sure. And to those who tuned in, if this is your first time or your, you know your fifth time or whatever, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. In the description, there'll be links on how you can contact and see the Instagram pages of all the co-hosts, including myself, as well as links to show your support. Again, uh, never obligated, always appreciated. Uh, I'll just say uh, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and I'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. I want you on my rack. I want to make you ring. I want you to unwrap. I want to pull your string. Bring me the next.